It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Blue Moon You saw me standing alone Without a dream in my heart Without a love of my own Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And with me in the studio, we've got a young one, a middle-aged one, and a positively elderly one. Let's start with a young one. Where the hell have you been? It's been months. But Joe Doherty is back in the studio. Joe Doherty. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. So where have you been? Uh, well, I've been to Portugal for a week last week. I've done my mock A-levels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, nice to see you, Joe, anyway. Welcome back. Uh, the middle-aged one, Paul Denby. Hey. Middle-aged is fantastic. I really feel young now. <laughs> and speak slowly to the elderly one. Hello. Stuart Brodkin is back with us as well. Uh, it's hello. kind of we're at kind of full strength, aren't we? After our star-studded, did you hear our star-studded podcast last week? Relatively star-studded compared S- to this week. Stars yeah. of stage, screen, television. They, last, were, they were all here. You missed it last week. It was you know it was Boyata and Rakik in the this tonight yeah, is Aguero, Toure, yeah. Silva. Silva. <laughs> I get to be Nasri then. Listen, we need to start with the Champions League. So. Stuart, you can kick us off here. Is it, we're still in by the skin of our teeth? Is that how you'd sum it up? Uh, basically, yeah. I think our task is extremely difficult. It's not impossible. But uh, I noticed I was, where I was sitting, Aguero was sort of level with me. And when Hart made the save and Messi messied it up, um, Aguero just went, you know, clenched his fists and jumped up in the air. So he believes, presumably. I suppose he has to, and we all have to, but it's tough. Do you think Aguero was saying, on the pitch, when the penalty was taken, I was in line with Stuart Brodkin? Do you think he went Possibly, back in the dressing room? Yeah. And said, He's tweeted You that. know where Stuart Brodkin sits? I was just in line with Stuart yes. Brodkin. Yeah, oh, probably. Yeah. But I mean, it's you know, symptomatic of the fact that he believes, presumably the rest of the team, Pellegrini and the fans. So, let's hope. You're, well, you're positive, Joe, as well? Uh, We're still in? Yeah. We're not out? That heart penalty save could have been the turning point. When the penalty was given, I was thinking, oh no, because... That whole, after the goal was scored and you're starting to feel a bit optimistic, a few things went against us. So, like, you know, cliche gets sent off and at that point you're thinking, yeah, we're probably not going to do it on the night. 
And then when the penalty's given, you think, oh, no, if this is in, we're probably not going to do it. But, you know, it was a great save by Hart. We got a bit lucky that Messi really cocked the header up. And now we think... Well, he's shit, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's, he's, yeah. he's no Samaras. <laughs> <laughs> he is a karate, though, isn't he? Oh, yeah, karate. Yeah. God, karate. Give us a different spin, then. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a different spin. Barcelona are a very, very good team. They are one of the three best teams in Europe. If you want to avoid teams, you avoid Barca, Bayern, Real. Whoever Barca had played on Tuesday evening, they'd have beaten quite easily. The fact that we were outplayed by Barcelona doesn't upset me too much. We're not at that level yet. Whether we ever will be is a different matter. We played very well in the second half. With a bit better finishing, we could have got more out of it, but we didn't. Whether Barca could have upped it a bit had they needed to, we'll never know. But Barca are a very good team. We, I'm not... Disc- don't feel disgraced and the, the media do their usual city spends all this money Neymar and Suarez cost 125 million between the two of them so don't go on about city spending all the money when they spend that on two bloody players fantastic players don't get me wrong they're good players and they've also got the best player in the world at the moment bar maybe you know Messi, Ronaldo it doesn't really matter Messi had a fantastic game and he, he created lots of opportunities for them he's a fantastic player we don't have a Messi we've got Great players, very, very good players. But of that, we're not quite at the Barcelona level. Let's just accept it. Have we got a chance? Yeah, but it's not a great chance. Well, it's interesting what you were saying, Paul. A lot of, uh, you know, about three or four years ago, most of that Barca team were academy boys like Messi, Xavi, and yet on the night, they had so many more players that they'd actually bought themselves. So it's completely hypocritical for the media to use that against us. Because we say, Neymar, so Rakitic in midfield had a fantastic game. He's been bought you know the back four only PKs well PKs from United's academy so they bought him so really it's not a team of their own mould anymore I thought we were lucky to get away with 2-1 and in the Mm. first half I was thinking have have Barcelona ever scored eight in an away game we were that far off the pace I felt Mm. and I don't think Barcelona were had hit top gear for, for the 90 minutes I agree. We were talking at half-time and saying if they carry on this way, it's going to be four or five nil full-time score the way the first half went because Barcelona could just walk through us. Just an update, by the way. It is Thursday evening. I have just checked. Liverpool are out. But the good good news is they've had to play extra time. They've had to endure penalties and they'll be demoralised at that. And that's kind of the perfect result for us, isn't it? It's perfect for us for Sunday. They're they're a wounded beast. Excellent. And they won't Um, get back until four o'clock in the morning. Marvellous. Um, can, I, can I just sort of go back a bit then and, and let's sort of just focus on the Barca game because you know, here we are, you know, dreamland, we're playing bloody Barcelona in the Champions League and we can revel in that and enjoy that. Um, can I just go back to kind of our, the way we set up, the, the way Pellegrini set us up first? You know, a lot of criticism, you know, 4-4-2 and it's fair to say that in the first half we were so off the pace, we gave them so much room, we weren't shutting them down. Pellegrini at fault totally at fault I thought that the 4-4-2 shows a lot of naivety he's shown in previous European games you know we did it against Roma did it last season against um, Bayern at home when we got absolutely humiliated I think he needs to obviously he surely knows that the formation he plays at the weekend against Newcastle or you know Fulham or well last season or whatever (laughs) is not going to work against a top European elite regardless of being at home regardless of how we played against Newcastle which we'll probably come on to later I don't get me wrong we were fantastic but playing Newcastle with a 4-4-2 is fine because you are going to attack them for 90 minutes playing Barcelona at home with a 4-4-2 never works if you know you're playing a team that is superior to you and 
to be honest, these days we don't play many of those. I think you've got to match them up or put an extra man in midfield to sort of try and nullify their threat. And I don't think we did that for the first half. Um, Would it have made a difference if we'd have packed the midfield? Yes, I think so. I'm not too sure. I mean, I understand the comment whether a 4-5-1 might have been better. Pellegrini made a pre-match comment that this time we had to attack them a bit more because last year we didn't get in, up to them. So he was on a loser. If he did the 4-4-2 we lost, which we did, he's on a loser. If he played 4-5-1 and we lost, he would have been criticised for not attacking them a bit more. What, I think, what he said after the game is, and this is maybe a bit of internal trouble there, he said the players didn't follow what I instructed them to do, which was chase them down, Jekyll and Aguero. Aguero did a lot of running, he always does, but chase them down, force them to play quicker, close the goalkeeper down, make him kick the ball long as opposed to letting him roll the ball out and Barcelona play their beautiful football. It's but, uh, interesting, we did in the second half. It's, we, we approached it completely differently yeah, in the second half. But with the half. same lineup. Oh, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, so was he wrong? You know. Well, perhaps he... I think Barca stepped off a bit in the second half, to be honest, because once it was 2-1, they didn't really go for the third. They were trying to just keep the ball and keep the lead. So I don't know if it was a bit of ambivalence from Barcelona, but you know, it could be that it could be true that Pelle- they didn't do what Pellegrini said. And yeah, maybe second half he got it right. I- All right, let, let me try something else then. If, we, if we're not sure about the formation, um, what about um, Fernando and not Fernandinho? Should we, and, uh, you, knew, you knew I had to mention it, and, and you, you kick off, Paul. Well, I, I looked at the team as walking into the ground and uh, we saw it that Fernando was playing and all of us did exactly the same thing. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Torres obviously was, was banned. He's, he's third of his... So why do you play Fernando who, let's be honest, he's not quite done it this season by a long way sometimes. The first three passes he made, I think, on Wednesday, on Tuesday evening, all went astray. And... I'm sorry, he's got to learn fast or he's not up to our standard. Simple yeah, as that. And I think the latter. But In a game where you're going to get attacked a lot, he can be the one that makes the difference. I mean, look at, look at when we lost to Arsenal a few weeks ago. Coquelin made the big difference then playing in front of the back four. It's those sort of games where you're going to get attacked a lot that you've got to have a player like that who can make the difference. And Fernandinho can do that job and I think would have done that job to greater effect. And if we wanted to attack more, Fernandinho's better at passing the ball forward and everything. And yeah, I'm with you. I totally don't know why Fernando was playing. Did anybody, going back to the second goal that Barcelona scored, did anybody watch David Silva, who I admire greatly? He just completely lost his man. He wandered back. He had his back to the, to the ball. There were six players uh, within two or three yards of, of Suarez when he scored. Six. Not one of them got anywhere near the ball. He might have been lucky to get the ball through. You know, he might have hit a City player, but none of them seemed to challenge for the ball. And Silva was greatly at fault there, I felt. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. That when the ball came, was it, it went down the left-hand side and they yeah. cut it back. And not one City player, about three of them on that side, yeah. didn't close the Barca player down. I mean, and Silva, I think, was the closest at the time. He was. He wandered away. He just wandered away and didn't do anything. But, uh, you know... He's not a defender, but in those circumstances, he should be tracking what? the outside, you know, the left winger. Again, I hesitate to say, what about Vinny? I mean, he was caught out mm. as well, wasn't he? He, 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 didn't, he was poor he, on the night. He wasn't great, was he? Demichelis was our best defender on the night. And it's quite ironic when you look back to last season's fiasco at home to Barca, where yeah. Demichelis was considered rather at fault. I thought Demichelis played really well. He had the best of our defence. He was I the best, yeah. Zabba, apart from his last-ditch tackle to deny Alba, wasn't great. I thought that Clichy looked panicked, and which was a bit worrying, seeing as Clichy hasn't played like that for quite a number 
number of weeks and has been really good recently. Company, I don't know what's happened to him since he's come back. Uh, first couple of games, you know, you give him a bit of leeway, you say. Mm. You say Paul, Paul uh, company's yeah. gone, head's gone. No, he's, he's not playing well. He's going to a bad phase and lots of players do it. But And he's got to get it back, clearly. But the first goal was his fault, again. He, yeah. he, he should have, I don't know what he was trying to do, just head the ball out of play. Simple, basic stuff that you're taught as a seven, eight, nine-year-old when you start playing football. Don't mess around in your own penalty area. Get rid. And his, his overall game, I'm not sure what's happened to him, but it, it, might, it could be confidence as well. Once you think start... he'll come back? Form is temporary, class is permanent. Um, he's, he's, he's only 29, isn't he? He's not like he's at the end of his career. He's got two yeah. or three seasons yeah. at that level. I, I think he can come back, but I, I wouldn't guarantee it. People seem to have said, Rick said about company this season, he hasn't been good, he hasn't been good. That's, that's ridiculous. At the start of the season... You know, you watch the highlights of some of our early game season. Company was just as good as ever. I think it's literally since he's come back from injury that he hasn't been. Yeah, best. but we're not at the beginning of the season, Joe. You know, we're, we're some way through the season no, now. I'm, we're I'm coming saying, up to the crucial part. What I'm saying know. is that this isn't like um, a thing that's been going on for a long time. Like people seem to be suggesting it is. It's just a last few weeks thing. So I don't know what he's planning to do about it, but I'm not as worried about it as people seem to think I should be. So. Can I just go back to this kind of first half, second half and, and, and the difference then and just explore this a bit more? So we, we did start off by saying, you know, first half we were standing back. We weren't sort of, even when we had the ball, we didn't move it at pace either. We just seemed to be lethargic and so on. And we'll, we'll obviously come on to the Newcastle game, which of course was completely the opposite. I, I accept the opposition is slightly different in class. Yeah. But, but, you know, so, so what happened second half? You know, well, what I was think... the difference? Because we clearly came out and it just felt different from, from, from the kickoff. Yeah. Well, the... I think the players must have had a bollocking at half-time, obviously. They came out with much more intent. They knew they had to score to, keep, to get back into the game, so they th- threw a few more players forward. The chances we had in the first five minutes, if we'd have put those away, who knows what would have happened. But I think Joe's right. They did stand off a bit, Barcelona. But I, I think they've got five, six gears and they're about third gear, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I think in the first half they were probably in fifth gear they were really moving the ball quite well okay. in the second half they stepped off I, I agree they did step off but the question is did we prevent them getting into fifth gear I mean because they got back yeah. up there we, yeah. we, we came out we, we, we upped our gears to carry on the analogy and effectively we, we, as you say Jekyll really should have placed that header much better I mean straight anywhere. at him anywhere yeah. but it was straight at him Aguero was a bit unlucky when he, his yeah. shot went round the, but Dzeko was in a better position really could have played it into Dzeko and we had two or three decent chances but I don't, I don't think the Barcelona defence is totally waterproof no. I, I think th- if you put them under pressure you will score against them Barca are very like us you know brilliant yeah. attack brilliant midfield the defence is their weak point. Yeah. And, you know, P- yeah. PK is obviously world-class. He played really well for them. Yeah, I thought so. But you yeah. look at, you know, who else there? The, that guy Matthew came on. He's awful. Alba and Alves, you know, they're good going forward, not very good the other way. Who was playing centre-back with PK? Yeah. Um, Mascarano. Mascarano, that's right. I he thought we, we won everything in the air. Dzeko uh, did, and so did Bonnie. Mm. When he came on, Bonnie was good. Something yeah. else, just sorry. Uh, another thing that I did quite like about the game was our corners were improving. It's now two hundred plus. Yeah, <laughs> we've had the most corners this season, and we've scored only us and Swansea City have only scored one goal. But we haven't us. scored for about more than two hundred corners. The last corner we scored was Demichelis against Arsenal. That was and a that long was time. Se- ago. That was yeah. in that September. Was, that was the day after my birthday. <laughs> in September, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Can, can I just pick out two of their players as well? And, and there was a guy sat next to me, and he was there every time. And this is Mr. Messi. I have to go back to Mr. Messi. And, you know, to see him live and to see just his vision, his touch, his confidence on the ball, his vision. It just, it was, it was fantastic. And, you know, as a football fan, I, I, was, I just enjoyed it very, very much, I have to say. And there was a guy sat next to me, and every time he had this sort of noise in his mouth. It, was, it wasn't a tut. It was kind of difficult to describe, but it was as if, you know, He's done it. It was almost an out, sort breathless, of a, a, a breathless sigh every time they did something special, and it, and it happened so many times. He, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Oh, he, he was brilliant. I mean, he cut in from the left hand side, he left three or four players in his wake. I, I don't know, I lost track of it, but he is a brilliant footballer. His balance is just superb. You know what he does? He runs with the ball, but at pace. The difference between him and some like Silver, who I admire greatly, is Silver can't run at pace no. like that. He can turn and he can twist, but he can't quite run with the ball like here. Aguero can run and wriggle through players, but again, not quite like Messi. He's, he's a player out on his own. Aguero relies on his strength more. Messi is one of those few people. Like, you get a lot of people who run with the ball. Some of them are like, you know, Nani or Ronaldo, they use their stepovers. Some of them are like Navas or Walcott, just run with players. Messi can do both at the same time, which makes him fairly unique. That'll be the first and last time I ever hear Navas and Messi in the same sentence, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Navas would have made a difference on the night, actually. Maybe. I don't think we could get near enough to foul any of them, to be honest. And certainly in the first half, I don't think we committed more than a couple of fouls. I mean, you know, normally you can impose yourself on players by not, you know, not get into them a bit. Company didn't. Cliche Nobody a, did. Cliche had a couple of chances to foul. Yeah, them, and he got them. Well, that, to be fair. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, you know, that that was wrong. You know, that he was sent. Not wrong that he was sent off, but wrong that he did that. Yeah. But. We just couldn't get near them. They, what they do is they, they faint one way and go the other. So the player is sold a dummy. Virtually all of them can do it. Most teams have one or two players that can do that. They've got virtually everybody in the team can do it, apart from the goalkeeper, can faint. Pl- <laughs> no, but they can go one way. The Zabaleta went one way. The guy went the other way. It's, yeah. It was there to see, but there's nothing you can do about it. I'm, I'm, sure, you, I'm well. sure you'll agree yeah. with me. I'm sure you'll agree with me that it was an absolute pleasure to see the, the, the gentleman, who I would call the gentleman of English football, to come back to the English, to an English ground and score two goals. I mean, Mr. Yes, Popular yes, himself, absolutely. a gentleman, yeah. a true yeah. professional, and uh, we have to congratulate him on his two goals, surely. Congratulations on not biting yes, anybody. Yeah. Oh, well, apparently he did. There's some footage, actually. No, it's, not, it's been proven that he didn't. No, I didn't think he did. Because he slowed Demichel it down, yeah. No, Suarez played really well. And what do you expect? Well, they played him through the middle. They haven't played him through the middle no, very he, often. That's why he hasn't done They obviously things. thought we had a soft centre, which we have. <laughs> there you go. Good the tactics. Diff- the reason why Suarez hasn't got as much credit this season is last year at Liverpool, he is the only pla- He's the reason they're in the top two. <laughs> he was Liverpool. Yeah. He was, exactly. Yeah. This year, he's, you know second or third banana at Barcelona behind Messi and arguably Neymar so yeah. you know but no he played really well and fair play to him he's very good I mean, on, the, on the pitch uh, you know he, I think of him he's not exactly like the bad boy that everyone seems to think he is I think he's someone who just has random moments of yeah. idiocy stupidity yeah, I, mean, I know you're a, a big fan Paul I know you're uh, a big Suarez fan I'm a great Suarez fan I think he's just an idiot simple as that he's, he's, a great, he's a good footballer I can't deny that but I just don't like him as a person I've compare never... him to Aguero and it's yeah. I mean Aguero is a great footballer and he's a decent bloke Suarez great footballer crap bloke Aguero is Suarez without the baggage is what yes. he was called on BBC. Yeah. And, and talking of Aguero, in our star-studded or, or on our star-studded podcast last week, um, the great Andy Connell 
um, talked about the fact that we should talk about the QPR game, try and stitch that into every single podcast, and I, I found the way in. I've got a way in. Which you is, must have, the goal. Exactly. Yeah, it, it was, was virtually... Exactly. Bat, it was so, silver laying, that was Balotelli. The ball through the middle, the de Jong ball through the middle was... Yeah, exactly. Fernandinho. Fernandinho. It was more or less... And the goal, the shot, was slightly more central, but mm. not far away, because I sit behind the goal, so I, uh, it's, it was perfect. <laughs> no, you're right. It was, it was just like... It, it, so we can mention... So thank you to Andy Connell, and thank yes. you to... Because and Guerrero could have gone down for a penalty at that point, which would have been taken by Balotelli. He kept his bat, he kept going, and he beat the keeper on the on his outside. Really, no, they're both brilliant goals. Yeah, and I play that every two or three days when I'm depressed. And we're going to talk about it on every I've, City play podcast it as well. <laughs> I've, it's my alarm that wakes me up every morning. Every morning I wake up and I think, oh shit, I've got to wake up. Oh wait, no, it's the Aguero goal. I don't mind that. <laughs> That's a good one. Dude, who's going to get sent off? Uh, in Barcelona, though. I mean, every, time, every time we play them, we have a player sent off, don't we? Yeah, yeah three. three out of three. Yeah. Nasri will get sent off. Because <laughs> Barcelona are a team that frustrate you, and Nasri is sort of like the short-tempered player. Because especially recently, it seems like Nasri's been the one coming out and saying everything. And yeah. I like that about him, because, yeah. you know, unlike a lot of players... Well, you like everything about him. I do like everything about him, but something about something a bit new about him that I like is... He was poor, I thought. On Tuesday night. No, he was very poor. But... I don't think Silva played very well either. Oh, I me. disagree. I thought Silva was really good in the second half. Okay. Class. No, I agree about Nasri though, and I don't often let's criticise. Dis- let's agree to disagree. Before we move, yeah. what, one last yeah. comment I've got um, about the game was uh, Neymar sort of had a bit of uh, had a fan having a bit of a go oh. at him at the end. I don't know if you've seen that on uh, on YouTube. He was having a bit of a go, making out he was diving, and uh, apparently there was almost fisticuffs and had to be separated by the stewards. Oh, three match ban for Neymar then? Did the, did yeah. the poor footballer get a bit of abuse? Oh, what a do me a favour. Neymar, he's a footballer of the highest order. He's uh, particularly one like him who's accused of diving and he's not particularly popular. He's quite arrogant. He needs to get used to it. He needs to grow up. It's pathetic to see him go and try and have a fight with someone. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Newcastle game then. Okay, yeah. Okay. Good, wasn't it? Best win of the season. I think for weeks we've been sitting here sort of saying, you know, we haven't played well all season. We haven't really taken, you know, sides apart. We haven't scored four or five goals and suddenly... There we are. It, it all happened on... It did happen, but I think the media were really um, awful in, in their sort of saying, you know, well, we played well, but we were allowed to play well. I think, you, you know, you have to play well, even against bad teams, and you make them look bad. And I, th- I thought we played some very good football. OK, there were moments when Newcastle, you know, backed off and didn't tackle and weren't in position, but they weren't that bad, actually. They weren't complete rubbish. And we made them look like League One or League Two. I- I'm totally with you. It's the reverse of Barcelona, isn't it? Barcelona made us look rubbish yep. in the first half in particular, and we made Newcastle look crap <laughs> exactly. in, the, in the whole game. Yeah. It's like and a food chain. Yeah, it's, that's just the way it is. We, we beat them 5-0. It could have been more, but yeah. five's, five's enough. Newcastle were poor, but we were good. We, yeah. we played to our strengths. End of. Well, yeah, considering when the goals were scored, it should have been more because, yeah, we did what we often do against teams like that. We just absolutely annihilate them. And then at 55 minutes, if we've scored our five goals, we just stop for a bit and just have a breather, which I think is the right way to go about it. Oh, we had a, an important game the well, following sure, Tuesday yeah. night. Yeah. And, and what we've done now is we've closed that goal difference against Chelsea as well because yeah. we're about three goals behind helped, them. Helped, so we're yeah. right up there again. What I want to say about the Newcastle game is I think, Stuart, you've been saying for a long time, for years on this podcast, um, 
David Silva, brilliant footballer on that, doesn't score enough goals. Yeah. This season... He stepped up, yeah. He scored... Well, obviously, it helped that he was playing centre-forward for a few <laughs> games as well. False, number nine. Yeah, false centre-forward, yeah, all right. But um, it's now like his ninth or tenth goal of the season. Nine. Yeah, nine. nine yeah. Yeah. You always say someone like him should get ten. Yeah, he should goals. get 12 goals a season. Well, it's, the, it's like the opposite of Nasri, because last yeah. season, Nasri got about 11 goals, which you expect. This series, only got three or something. I mean, yeah. yes, he's been injured, but I still think he should get more goals. But he's still great, isn't he? Oh yeah, I love you know I love Nazri. Just something I've, I've been looking forward to saying for a while. Uh, of the five goals, um, you know, which one did you? Because there were some pretty good goals in there. So Nasri. Joe, you, you you stick off, you, you kick off with uh, your favourite. Uh, Nazri. No, not your favourite person on the planet. Your favourite goal against Newcastle. Nazri. Oh, still not right, Stuart. What a the two the two go- the goals that Nazri and the sec- the first silver goal were beautiful bits of control, but the best goal, the best move, the best takedown Jekko. was Jekko, who I'm not a great fan of, but he, he, did, the, he did brilliantly with that. Oh, so really? that pass by Silva. Got to disagree with you both. Aguero's okay. penalty. Yeah, I did, you know what? Set us off, yeah. I did like that penalty, because you've got Tim Krull, who always plays his mind games for a penalty. He comes <laughs> out, gives it all that, touch the crossbar, and then Aguero just walks up, completely yeah. non-plus, sticks it in the bottom corner. <laughs> no, seriously, Jekko's goal was... It they was a beautiful goal. Nine Jekyll. times out of ten, those, goal, those don't come off, those passes, but that did. But it was the same. But he took it so well. With really? Silver's second goal, people say, you know, great finish. That. What a ball that was from Yaya to Aguero. I thought Yaya, great to have him back. And what yeah. a difference he made, not just in his contributions, but in the difference he makes to the players around him. And he'll be back at Barca. No chance. He's, he's staying. According no, to his... he'll be back for the Barca game. Oh, Away. right. My bad. <laughs> According to his agent, Yaya wants to stay at City for the next two million years and become a director of football. He wants to manage us, direct us, become a shareholder. He wants to run the club and now he's happy he doesn't have a birthday cake. He wants to change the name of the ground to the Yaya Stadium. I, I, think, I don't think I'm, I'm going to stop taking his agent particularly seriously. Cause he just really? Really? So. Why is that, Joe? I can't imagine why you would do that. Did oh. you ever? <laughs> oh, I did. In the, I listened to his interview on TalkSport a year ago about the cake and it was just you didn't believe You didn't believe it, did you, Joe? I didn't believe it. You I did just, a bit. Come on. I was angry. You, with, believe I was angry with you believed it a bit. You thought it was all about birthday cake. <laughs> I think cake. you believed it a lot. I think you did. I seem to remember talking about it with you. I think you believed it a bit, Joe. No, it's just, Come on, Joe. He's a footballer. Come on. If any profession could make a fuss about that, it is footballers, isn't it? I, if I can have a vote here, and it's difficult and it's great to talk about five goals, I have to say I thought Nazari's touch and just the way he delayed it slightly in the finish, high five. Uh, indeed, not, uh, not good on radio. Not, high five, no, not great. Well, they heard a slap. That was me and Joe. <laughs> that could be anything. Five. It could be absolutely anything. <laughs> that was me slapping Joe. And I agree <laughs> with you. The, the, the other issue for me, you know, I don't think we can underestimate Yaya's influence. And, and you didn't yeah. have a fantastic game, but the players around him just had the confidence. And I think he influenced that game a huge amount. And to have him back is just brilliant. Yeah. And they, we said we, could, we don't win without him anyway. Well, we did, Stoke. This is true. Yeah. Only one game out of six, though. Sorry, yeah, sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't mention the Stoke game. Your family would be very upset, Joe. Yep, they were on the night. And uh, Bonnie or Boney's debut, Stuart? Nearly scored. Poor. Poor, you were disappointed. How long was he on uh, for? I think he, was, he looked a bit off the pace to me, uh, which is not, uh, you know, not unexceptional because he played in the African Cup. And so he did he played awful, so awful did in the final. He was awful in yes, the final. He and he missed the penalty, didn't he? Yeah, he was awful in the final. I think he was a bit, he looked a little bit off the pace. He looked better on Tuesday night. Mm. He will score lots of goals. And he will From bring, corners, possibly. And he'll bring other people into the game. He'll get yeah. assists. Yeah. So. He's think, great in the air and he's not that big. He's got a tremendous leap on him, you know, like a salmon. He's like Micah Richards with his leaps. Because that, that, Richards isn't actually that tall, but it's the same thing. The thing about Boney... 
is that he is going to make a huge difference to Navas because he plays well with wingers. He plays them in and gets the ball back. I think next season, him and Navas linking up will be really good. If, if Navas is still there? He will be, don't worry. No one will buy him. So, I so what's your, you, you've not had a chance, Paul, on, on Bonnie, Boney, your, your view. You, we've seen him, what, he's come on a, a sub a, twi- twice. He came on a sub, possibly, well, he probably should have scored a decent save uh, um, that last one. Well, he, he was a bit lucky, he got his foot in the way. Yeah. His touch against Barcelona is, is difficult. Come on, he's played, what, for a total of about 30 minutes in the two games, maybe 40 minutes. Yeah. I think it's too early the to give him. Out, yeah. You yeah. won't see the best of him till next season. No. Well, no I, I think so. he, should, us, he should play on Sunday. It'll give him a run. Jekko, give him a rest. and mm. put, put him there up front with Aguero against a tired Liverpool team. Yeah. All right, well, before we go on, our brand new iPhone app has been updated and it's absolutely free at the iTunes store. It's a thing of beauty with all your shows there, videos, news, etc. Download it and leave us a nice review. And all the links to our Facebook page, Twitter and details of our fantastic iPhone app are are at citypodcast.net. And obviously you can follow us on Twitter, join us on Facebook. And on Twitter, we're at citypodcast. Yeah. Can, can we look forward to, to Liverpool then at the weekend? No. I think because of the uh, Carling Cup, Milk Cup, Littlewoods Cup, um, whatever it's called. Um, what, what Europa League. No chance. Never. Never look forward to Liverpool Anfield. Uh, we've, I can only remember us winning there once. It was a complete fluke. I mean, granted, what a volley by Anelka, but it was a complete fluke. We were totally outclassed that day. I, never, I, I look forward to Liverpool at home because they're one of those teams who'll come to the Etihad, they'll attack us, we'll pick them off because we're better than them and beat them. But how many times at Anfield, regardless of if we've been the better side or not, do we not win? There was that game a couple of years ago where we were playing really well, company gives us the lead, we concede the stupidest goal ever and for some reason our morale goes and they batter us for the rest of the game. There was that stupid game last season where uh, you know we pull ourselves back into it and the you know, company makes that mistake that he would never usually make, and they fluke a result they didn't deserve. Silver misses a chance he wouldn't usually. No, I hate playing at Anfield. I don't like playing at Anfield, but we will win on Sunday. They've, it's they've, a must win. It's a must win. If we can't beat them after Thursday night, the average number of points dropped. There was a statistical analysis after a Europa League game compared to the rest of the season. It's something like point three of a point. It doesn't sound a lot, but on average, Liverpool have just played in Turkey. They've had extra time and penalties. They'll get home at sometime like 3, 4, whatever it is in the morning. It's less than sort of a couple of days till the game. This is our best chance. And I think the confidence should be still high. Forget Barcelona. Second half Stoke. Newcastle, that's nine goals. Get back to league form. We can beat Liverpool. And if we don't do it this weekend, to close that gap on Chelsea, who aren't playing this weekend in the league, then we've got another match midweek next week, Leicester. So we've got to really stop putting the pressure on if we want to win, have a chance of winning the league. Is that going to put extra pressure on knowing if we win? We literally go two points behind us, as, yeah, as, as Paul rightly yeah. says, they're playing in this Carling Cup thing uh, against Spurs. Uh, two points is a big prize, isn't it? It's yeah. not much, no. Well, you know what? If, if that's the statistic, we'll draw with Liverpool then. And what about the, the old boy coming back and Mario scoring a, a hat-trick, second-half hat-trick for Mario against you know, his old side, you know what, proving a point? Sorry, you Always know, happens. You know what a dream scenario for me would be? For us to beat them comfortably for a change, away, for Mario at the end of the game. This, the Liverpool fans have been ignoring him because, you know, in their <laughs> uptight way, he doesn't suit them. The City fans give him the Sing the Balotelli song at him, clap him, everything. At the end of the game, he goes up to the City fans, throws his shirt in the crowd... You know, does all that and then just completely ignores the Liverpool fans. That would be good. I'd enjoy that. Sounds like Balotelli. I, I, we, it's a must win and let's hope we can do it. You know, but you, you know it's not the easy. Liverpool, Liverpool City statistics last 12 games, Liverpool have only beaten us twice. Yeah. Have they? 
Yep. And to be fair, yeah, but how many times have we won it in those tw- but, four? Yeah. A lot of draws. We've yeah, a lot of draws. Yeah. We had, I remember the there, problem, was, there, was a, there was a run of about four nil nils, wasn't there? Yeah, Chelsea will be draws. happy if we draw. Mm-hmm. Chelsea will be very happy if we can, if we draw. They hate Liverpool. Yeah. So let's have a prediction then, Stuart. Uh, you kick off. One nil City. Three all. Two one City. One all. Three all. Yeah. <laughs> it's that sort of game. <laughs> Nasri Nasri hat trick. Yeah, and no. a Balotelli hat trick. No, <laughs> yeah. no. Oh, their goals will be one from a corner because we can't save them. One will be an own goal, and one will be a penalty that they don't deserve. And Gerard steps up and goes, "Oh, look at me! I'm still a big player." And that. All right, he's not. He's he's not from Scotland though, Joe. So you can't oh, do yeah, that. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> so one nil, and we will score from a corner. <laughs> Demicola, <laughs> no Mangala. <laughs> Um, I, your, your, your prediction, Nigel. I've won all, I said. Oh, sorry. I said, yeah, I said one all. I, I think I. Shame on you. Well, uh, I, we, listen, I don't want it to be one all. You want me to try and come up with a prediction? I want you to be wrong. Okay. All right. I, I'd love to be wrong. Positive. We'll win 6 0. Nazri will score all six. Now, Joe, you can't join in this feature. Why not? But, uh, well, you'll understand why, because you never saw him live. That's I've, why. I've met him. Okay, well, you've never saw him, but we're not talking about what sort of bloke he is. We are talking. He knows he's head of the game here, isn't it? It is somebody's very special birthday today. You may not know. You'll know the person when I mention him, but you might not know. He is 69 today, and we wish him a very, very happy birthday. The legend, the legend, the god. King. That is the king. King Colin. King Colin. Colin he's 69. Yeah, we, right. So king I'm, Indian, looking, I'm looking, Stu, for, <laughs> let's just wax lyrical about the greatest player, probably, to grace Main Road and most of the grounds. And he won and the derby. Ha- and we've got a stand mm. named after him. He's that much of yeah. a legend. So happy birthday, Colin. We happy wish you birthday. well. So your, your favourite... He was named after... A, he was called Nijinsky, mm. who won the derby, mm. one of the greatest racehorses of all time, and he was one of the greatest players of all time. Do, do you know what Colin Bell's proudest moment was? He wrote it in the final programme of the City Southampton at, uh, when we played at Main oh, yeah. Road. Yeah. His proudest moment was coming on at half-time when it was nil-nil against Newcastle after he came up from his injury and hearing the crowd roar and we went on to win 4-0. And if you pick up that Southampton programme for that last match ever at Main Road, yes. have a look for that article. It's a small article and there you've got a little article from uh, Mr Paul Denby as well. Excellent. I've, I've got my... I'm in that last programme ever so at Main Road. your claim to fame. One of them. Uh, I mean, the, the, yes, Joe? My, my favourite memory of Colin Bell would probably be the League Cup final in 1969. No, 70, sorry, 1970. 70. Yes, you're right. Um, we beat them 2-1 at home and we obviously went and drew two all at Old Trafford and beat West Brom 2-1 in the final. And Colin Bell scored one hell of a goal that game before uh, Charlton equalised for United and then Lee got... That was such a good game. I remember it well. Yes, Joseph. My <laughs> greatest memory of Colin Bell was eating in his restaurant. The, the Bell, Bell Waldron in Whitefield. Wasn't it a pretty crap restaurant? It was all right. It was all right. It got closed down for rats. Was so that, was that there lots of restaurants? Travelling Liverpool fans. <laughs> <laughs> we wish Colin Bell a very special 69. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think for me, I just you th- the players nowadays who run to the corner flag and slide on the knees, he'd score a goal. He might just, just, away. He yeah. might raise his hand if he was it, but he would just walk away. That's what I do. Very it's, Alan it's, it's my job. Yeah. No, he didn't even. On most occasions, he would just turn and run back, and someone might slap him on the face slightly. Um, and he's, uh, he's a legend. Oh, totally. And, uh, actually, my genuine favourite memory of Colin Bell. <laughs> now, this is a real one. You say you met him, is this? Yeah, I you... met him, but the, better still, after I met him, my dad ran. The only time I've seen my dad run, he ran <laughs> down the street after Colin Bell. And you know what? Totally. Whenever anyone brings up to him, he just turns around and goes, Yeah, but I've got a signed Colin Bell shirt, so what's your point? 
Um, we're going to finish on the Qatar World Cup, and, and I'm sure you've got a view. And I'll just sort of throw this on the table to, to kick off before we uh, before we we go uh, and say thank you for listening. Uh, but what a great result, isn't it? I mean, it makes complete sense, doesn't it? Of course, gentlemen, to play in the winter. Um, it's far too hot in the summer. Uh, Qatar take take football to a desert nation, spread the footballing um, love around the world, and can't do it in the summer. Bit of a bit of a hiccup, bit of a mistake, but what a clever idea to say we'll keep it in Qatar, to spread that love, but actually we'll just play in the winter. Sorted. And I'm delighted, and I'm sure you'll all do it. It's good news, isn't delighted. it? Delighted. Yeah, well, you know, it's great that we're going to play it in the winter, because it means those people have to work through the summer, which is really safe, isn't it? Well, it's, I mean, I know you're saying that with tongue-in-cheek, or, or unless you're genuine, I doubt. It's absolutely <laughs> outrageous how they went there, but it's there. They've probably ruined two, stroke, three seasons of football as in Europe, that's traditionally August-ish till May, most countries, mm. and they're going to have to adjust probably two seasons before to one season after to accommodate it, unless they just say, right, we'll, have, we'll run the normal season and we'll start it in June. We'll have, you'll give you three weeks off from the end of You're May. Too hot. It's ridiculous. And start playing football in June in Europe. I mean, Spain in June is just as bad as Qatar in... Well, it's not quite, but you know what I mean. It's, it's, it's outrageous. But it, To be fair, on the bright side, football is a winter sport. You know, we'll have time to watch yeah, the Yeah, but cricket. the World Cup isn't. The World Cup's a summer tournament. I know, I was yes. joking. Yeah, uh, no, it's a joke. They, they really shouldn't have had it in Qatar in the first place. Uh, what's wrong with... You know, I mean, people ridiculed Australia and America for bidding for that World Cup, but, you know, America have done it before. They did a good job. Australia would do a better job than Qatar. Yeah. What is wrong with England? Why can't we have the World Cup? Or, you know, because I, it's England. And I was thinking, well, all right, Spain and Portugal could host it together. They would do a fantastic job. All right. I thought I'd just throw it on the table, you know, just, just for a laugh at the end. Uh, it's really, listen, you can give me celebrities every week, but to have the first team back is an absolute joy and a pleasure. So huge thanks to Joe Doherty, to Paul Denby, and to Stuart Brockin. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.